The Houston Texans, as of right now, are drafting second on a Thursday night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go for a Texans draft preview and an offseason review. Uh, we're now joined this sportsman by Chancellor Johnson of KPRC2 in Houston. And uh, Chancellor, good to have you on the show. And uh, let's start with, uh, you know, I think it's an obvious question. Is there still some regret in Houston that Lovey Smith and the Texans rallied to win that regular season finale? <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Uh, you know, it feels like every single day we kind of look back on that last regular season game where the Houston Texans, you know, were, were they had an opportunity to secure the number one pick by just simply losing. And Lovey Smith did something he hadn't done all season, which was be aggressive and try to win ball games. And so uh, now, you know, I kind of laugh at it now, the fact that the Houston Texans are stuck trying to figure out what they're going to do at number two. Meanwhile, I kind of imagine Lovey Smith somewhere in Chicago right now picking out his long gray beard <laughs> as he has to worry about anything and gets to the Chicago Bears the number one pick that we now have seen him, you know, has gone to the Carolina Panthers. But, yeah, you know, it's a big regret because now no one knows what these Texans are going to do, and right now I'm not for sure the Texans know what they're going to do just a little bit over 48 hours away from the draft. Okay, don't blow the drama because we're, we're counting on you to tell us what they're going to do here. So there we, we'll get to that in a second here. All right, so they are drafting second, and for weeks it seemed like quarterback would be the position, but now the league-wide noise seems to be have, have them heading elsewhere. What's going on? You know, I'm a big believer in where there's smoke, there's fire, and at this point I would not be shocked at all if they go ahead and go the defensive route with the new head coach, D'Amico Lyons, obviously being a defensive-minded guy. I know that, you know, obviously the, the top defensive guy for most people going to this draft was Will Anderson Jr. for a very long time. But now the Texans have been linked a lot to Texas Tech defensive end Tyree Wilson. And so that would be a shock in itself in the first place, not going with the quarterback as we believe for so long. And then not only that, potentially passing up on who many thought was the top overall prospect in Will Anderson Jr. and going with, you know, a little bit more of an unknown with Tyree Wilson, but for now, if I was a betting man, I, I believe they go with a defensive guy in either Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. Okay, so what do you think the Texans should do with the second selection? And how much <laughs> does the fact that they have the 12th overall selection, does that factor in? And would you endorse the Texans trading down from the second selection? So for me, I look at their quarterback room right now, and I see quarterback Davis Mills, who at this point, we've kind of seen what he's been able to do, which is not really much at a high level in the NFL, but like in Case Keenum. And I look at that QB rule, I see that they should add one of the top QBs in the draft, whether that is a C.J. Stroud, who for me, for all year long, it's the C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, you know, as far as the top two prospects. And then over the past two weeks, it's, oh, we don't want to touch C.J. Stroud now. I'm not sure where that came from. And then you have, of course, Will Levis, who I'm, I would pass on, and then Anthony Richardson, who many believe has the most potential out of the quarterbacks. I would go with one of the quarterbacks. You need a quarterback to win in the NFL. Obviously, D'Amico Lyons came from the 49ers, who you see a little bit more of a plug, plug and play and still have some success throughout the team. But in the AFC, you look at the AFC, you look at Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, you look at um, Trevor Lawrence within your own division, and you need a quarterback. And it's important to note, if you pass up on a quarterback, that gives the the Colts, who at the number four spot, a chance to draft a quarterback as well, too, draft Maybe that's C.J. Stroud or that Will Levis that you passed on. So, in my belief, they should draft a QB, but, you know, um, looks like they're going defensive out there. 
Chancellor Johnson of uh, KPRC in Houston, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned D'Amico Ryan's former Texans player and the new head coach. So does Ryan bring uh, – what does he bring? And it, 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 am I just, Maybe I'm wrong in assuming that you know, he was a star linebacker, he was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Do they and he build around the defense? Yeah, you know, D'Amico Ryan, his, his longtime nickname has been Captain. And, you know, it's, for me, I grew up in Houston. I remember watching D'Amico Ryan play here in the city of Houston, and it's weird for me to even still call him head coach from the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryan, now. But what I can say is ever since D'Amico has come over over the past couple of months back to the city of Houston, it's definitely a new energy and a new spark within the city that was long lost. You know, you go back to the days after they ended up trading Deshaun Watson, who, who was the longtime quarterback that they were looking for. You know, they, they settled on David Culley, who – was a training wreck, for being honest, and it didn't work out with Lovey Smith, and now they're on their, you know, their third coach in three years, and it feels like the Texans finally have their guy. Um, and, you know, like I said, coming from San Francisco, where you had a lot of success with that defense, uh, with a lot of talent as well on the defensive side of the ball, with the Nick Boses, with the, um, you know, the, the talented linebackers like a Fred Warner, and, and as you guys out there in Arizona, you guys played against them twice a year. I, I know you guys are, are very well aware what he was able to do with that defense there. Uh, but I, I, mm-hmm. I think he, he does want to build that defense here in Houston. And, and back when he was here in Houston, they had a had, had the defensive uh, group called the Bulls on Parade, and I think we'll see some of that nastiness, that greediness. Once he's able to officially build out that roster, um, you know, here through free agency, he's already starting to bring some guys through and ultimately through the draft as well. So you mentioned Stroud, yeah, and you mentioned the smoke and fire analogy there. So is he like out of the equation with the second pick, and why? Why would that be? Do you think? You know, it, it does seem like if they do draft a quarterback, it, it appears they might go just a completely different direction. You know, we, we've heard a lot over the past week or so about the S two test and how yeah. much of you know really that has, but Bryce Young completely aced that test and. Under my belief, and from what I've been hearing uh, from the Texans, that they love Bryce Young, and that, and it, it's, it's out there as well too. Even from national reports, that they did try to trade up for number one. They really wanted Bryce Young. Ultimately, Carolina Panthers got that pick, and so you know, it just didn't feel like they're that comfortable with C.J. Stroud. And something that that is of note that's been kind of thrown out there: how much relevance it has. I'm not sure, but C.J. Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson, and if mm. you remember how that played out with. Yeah. The, the Houston Texans, they gave Deshaun Watson, you know, his, his contract that he wanted, even before all the allegations came out. They planned to have Deshaun Watson here for a long time. Then Deshaun Watson requested the trade before, once again, the allegations came out. And so the Texans front office, they weren't happy with rewarding, you know, the, the quarterback they long time have been wanting and, you know, his, ultimately winning on the team and, you know, ultimately wanting to move on. So, you know, there might not be, a, you know, a lot of, you know, comfort dealing with David Mulligetta again. That that is something that's been been talked about as well. But you know, listen, at the, at the end of the day, you want to draft a, a franchise QB, and if you're not comfortable with that guy, then I, I do think you should pass on him. Now, that doesn't mean you should pass on the quarterback altogether. But you know, you asked excuse me, you asked me this earlier about you know potentially trading back, and and I'm under the belief that hey, if you don't like drafting CJ Stroud at two or Will Levis at two, then trade back, and then. Maybe trade back a few spots. Maybe trade with the Colts in division. Let them get C.J. Stroud if you don't like him. And then you can still get an Anthony Richardson. You can still get a Will Levis or, you know, some of the other top quarterbacks in the draft. So I would trade back because at the end of the day, you do need a quarterback to be successful. 
you mentioned Richardson a couple of times, and I think most people believe that he's you know, not necessarily a red shirt, but going to need some time. So maybe if they do trade back, you know, they keep Mills, have him start for a while, and Richardson they can you know, work in at some point. Would that be a good fit, do you think? Anthony Richardson could be a really good fit. If you look at um, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, how they operated things offensively last year, decent Texans uh, hired their former uh, quarterbacks and passing game coordinator, uh, Bobby Slowick, and he's now the offensive coordinator with Houston Texans. And if you remember before Brock Purdy, they they had Trey Lance, and they had high hopes for Trey Lance. Obviously, they traded up to go get him, and obviously, an entry pro, but that's a guy who could do a lot of things, not with just his arm, but with his legs as well. And we've seen uh, what Anthony Richardson is capable of, um, potentially, as far as, you know, big body guy, extremely athletic, as we saw at the NFL Combine. I think he could be a good fit. And, you know, there could be an argument of, hey, you know, if you draft a guy like that who's good for the project, they let him sit behind, you know, a Davis Mills or a Case Keenum. I think the Davis Mills uh, ship had sailed. But at the end of the day, Anthony Richardson needs to play. And if you look back on his last year at Florida, he got better every single year. He, he wasn't making the same mistakes that he was making, you know, back in week one, you know, that he would be maybe in week 10. And so – he might have been trying to throw him in the fire, but D'Amico Ryan's ahead of his ahead of the draft in his last person. He did say, hey, listen, it doesn't matter who we bring in. We're not going to put a ton of pressure on them. Um, and, you know, and, and I believe that. I, I think D'Amico Ryan's going to obviously do what he feels is best for the team to ultimately set them up for success later down the road. All right, the Texans, yeah, I think they were pretty active in the free agent uh, receiver market, at least. They added Robert Woods, who used to destroy the Arizona Cardinals back in his days with the Rams, by the way. And also Dalton Schultz. They added Devin Singletary, the running back. I assume that that trio, at least Woods and Schultz, are going to be immediate contributors. Oh, absolutely. Um, last year, the, the Texans, they really lacked on uh, just guys who could make plays, uh, you know, with the ball in their hands, outside of rookie running back Damian Pierce a phenomenal season. And so you, you go and you add a guy in the running back room like um, Singletary, who um, was a little bit more of a, a guy who could make you miss versus Damian Pierce, who was more of a, much more of a bruiser. And so, and, and then with Singletary, is going to do some stuff, um, you know, out of the backfield of passing game-wise. And then, you know, Brandon Cooks, who, for, for me, I thought was an underrated receiver for a, a long mm-hmm. time in this league, but he, he didn't have as great of a season uh, as the Houston Texans would have hoped to help hopefully Davis Mills, you know, um, get better and progress over the course of the year. So they've now moved on from him. They drafted John Metcher the third, but he unfortunately, of course, you know, um, people can keep up with the story. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer, a uh, form of cancer. But they are yeah. taking him back, and they expect him to be um, a contributor to this offense. Nico Collins, he's a big body receiver, um, and, and, he, and he's, he's shown um, the ability to stress success in this offense, but they put a more consistency out of him. Robert Woods is a good set, but he didn't have a great year in Tennessee last year. And so, the Texans, you know, up until the past couple of weeks, they were linked to the drafting a QB into and going out and getting a wide receiver, maybe a JSN or maybe a Day Flowers to add some explosiveness, um, you know, to this to this offense. And even if they, you know, they don't draft a guy at 12, I, I do expect them to draft a couple of wide receivers, maybe in the, the second or third round here. And then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and they get a running back as well. Um, Singletary is on a one-year deal. I, I don't think – um, that he will be back long-term. I don't think he's a long-term option. But I think, you know, they can draft a running back and, and add and have a third guy, um, you know, to this room to, to pair up with uh, Pierce and Singletary there. 
the Texans, uh, not surprisingly, added some defensive guys also. Uh, you know, Denzel Perriman, Sheldon Rankins, Jimmy Ward, another guy who, you know, I imagine Jimmy Ward and his representatives, they put put together a highlight tape for his career in San Francisco. <laughs> a lot of it was against the Cardinals. Uh, so what areas, what defensive areas do you expect the Texans to add in this week's draft? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you need to one look at this roster and look at the statistics and saw how porous this run defense was. Derrick Henry, every time he, you know he plays against Texans, obviously twice a year um, out there in Tennessee, he runs for about 250 yards. And, and I'm yeah. kind of exaggerating, but I'm kind of not. Not and, by and much. As a fantasy players everywhere know that that's about, about almost 100% accurate. <laughs> well, it must start whenever you have Derrick Henry face off against the Houston Texans. And it must start with basically any running back last year faced off against the Houston Texans. They were at the bottom of the league and their run defense. Their, their passing defense actually wasn't that bad. Um, Derrick Sidney Jr., although he was hurt, he was, he was pretty good. Now, I mean, he wasn't put in the best positions to see. Uh, under Lovey Smith, um, they had him running a little bit more zone versus, I think, Derrick Sidney was in band. And they let him do that. He was really, really good. He didn't get his height, as much height as maybe, um, you know, the quarterback from – uh, the New York Jets did, but Derrick Stingley is still a really good defensive back. Um, they also have, you know, a couple of other, other defensive backs that get a feature in the safety, who um, to me was a, you know, rookie, um, you know, all a rookie defensive player of the year type candidate who, you know, was, was phenomenal. Um, and, and they found a, a really good gem in him in the second round there. And you add a guy like Jimmy Ward in that in that secondary. Um, Stephen Nelson was a very serviceable defensive back as well. But I wouldn't be shocked if they wanted to continue to add to that defensive back role. Maybe a cornerback. They could add a cornerback there, um, you know, at 12 as well. And then I will look at linebacker as well. Nico Ryans, of course, when he was in San Francisco, had dynamic linebackers there. Um, really smart yeah. guys. Of course, Fred Warner, who many would, would, you know, believe is the best linebacker, you know, in the entire league. I could see them addressing their linebacker, uh, linebacker room as well, but they need help. <laughs> There's no coming draft. <laughs> Offense, defense, special teams, you name it. They just need to continue to add uh, to this roster. Talking uh, with Chancellor Johnson of uh, KPRC2 in Houston. All right, so Nick Cesario is still the general manager. You mentioned Ryan's obviously the head coach. Who gets last call on the the picks this week? I believe, listen, I, I think it is a collaborative effort. I, I think it is a, they're putting their heads together and doing it, uh, you know, like they together. And even going back to last week when Nick Ryan spoke, he mentioned that when he was in San Francisco, he really wanted um, this uh, this linebacker uh, at the time when the 49ers you know, were, were drafting. He, he was dead on about this linebacker. And as the pick was coming up, it came down to um, uh, one of San Francisco's uh, running backs and, uh, and the linebacker that he wanted. And he got a chance to look at the tape, and he was like, man, that, that running back is actually he is really, really good. And even though I want this guy as a defensive coordinator, I trust you guys and, you know, Go draft that running back. That running back ultimately turned out to be Elijah Mitchell, who, you know, yeah. when they've been healthy, has been really good. So that just kind of mm-hmm. goes to show you that guy that Nico Ryan's is. He wants what's best for the team. And as I mentioned, they, they need help all the way around. So it's going to be best player on the board a lot. They, they do have some pressing needs. Like I said, they, they do need to address a quarterback at some point, whether it's at 2, 12, 33, wherever. They will address that. I think they will address, you know, some adding a wide receiver because you have to set your quarterback up. But, you know, throughout the draft, they'll, they'll kind of go all over. They need to add a center um, um, as well, too. That, that's their pressing need. So, 
Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the best player available throughout the whole draft. Okay, next to last question here. How much is bringing back Ryan's uh, build some uh, time with the fan base? You know, I assume that's been a popular move with him returning. Oh, absolutely. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, the, the city has been really fired up just because not only is the excitement for what Miguel Ryan can bring to the team as a coach, but just who he was as a person. There's a lot of 59 jerseys still, you know, if you go to NRG Stadium, still running around here because he was so beloved uh, here in Houston. Um, he saw some success with the 49ers with that defense, and the, the, the Texas fan base believe that he can come here and do that again, and you know, get them back to um, get back to their winning ways. Now they they you know never won a Super Bowl before, but. Back in the Bill O'Brien era, they were actually running that division. Bill O'Brien had a lot of success as a head coach, not so much as a GM, as you know, I'm sure you guys are still thanking him for getting uh, the Arizona Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but, you know, he did have success. Um, and the Texans have had success in the division, um, you know, at times, of course, when Sean Watson was the quarterback. But, you know, uh, over the past couple of years, last year I was, at, I was at the, you know, covering the games, and it felt like a road game most of the time at NRG Stadium. I, I watched as, you know, a lot of these teams came into NRG Stadium and they just completely took over. And, and, the, and the state of Texas, the city of Houston, is a very prideful city. And But the Houston Texans didn't give them much to cheer for. And, you know, with the way the Washington situation played out and with the way ownership kind of handled other things, trading DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, obviously letting go of J.J. Watt, who is, you know, the franchise's uh, best, best player of all time, you know, up there with Andre Johnson. There was a lot of sourness um, you know, within the fan base and, and hiring D'Amico Ryan is a great start to getting back to what um, the fan base, you know, wants to get back to long term. Okay, so last up, bottom line, best guess, the second pick of the Texans will be whom? I think it will be Wilson Jr. As I mentioned earlier, they've been tied to Tyree Wilson. They need a quarterback, but at all, at all points right now, adding a defensive guy. And to me, Will Anderson Jr. is the, is the best defensive guy in the draft. If you do decide to pass it from the QB, talk about the leadership skills that he has, not just on the field, but in the locker room as well. To me, kind of reminds me a lot of Tobiko Ryan, so the type of guy that he was in and um, as, as a leader both in the locker room and on the field. I think it'll be Will Anderson. And then I think they will trade up and draft a QB later down the line, maybe an Anthony Richardson to pair with him. And, Everybody's happy for now. <laughs> Good stuff, Chandler. Appreciate the time. Have fun. Thanks. Thanks for your time, man.